love. Some would say it took a backseat when the pandemic forced us apart. As a family-run and proudly Canadian-owned company, Charm Diamond Centres saw the need to bring us together with tales of love and created the Canadian Love Map podcast. Since then, we've shared hundreds of real, uplifting stories that prove love conquers all. So thank you for listening. We couldn't do it without you. And remember, love starts here. We put so much pressure on love being this romantic partnership that we forget to appreciate that love is all around us every single day and we need to appreciate it and we need to be show gratitude for that every single day. Hi, I'm Nancy Regan. Welcome back to the Canadian Love Map. This week's love story belongs to Geneva Dickey, a woman who truly loves love. As a professional matchmaker, you could say she is a love mapper. In this episode, we talk about the complicated world of dating, her tips of the trade, and how her business led her to love. Okay, Geneva, we're on a date, you and me. Here we go. <laughs> I'm excited. Are you ready? Let's do it. <laughs> Don't tell your partner, but wait, we'll get to him. Oh, yes. We'll okay. get to him. Okay, let's talk about matchmaking because I, frankly, am a closet matchmaker. I have, I think, three marriages under my belt, but I don't do it lightly. Like, it's got to be really right. And so I was so fascinated to have you here and talk to you about this. What is the secret to matchmaking as far as you're concerned? Well, I think the secret to matchmaking are a lot of different things. Now, we have a little bit of science behind it, and then we have a lot of feeling behind it as well. So we have technology help helping us out today in regards to matchmaking, especially when it's a company. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have a we have a database that will determine all of the big compatibilities like marriage, children, smoking, drinking, 420, politics, all of that big stuff. And so that's a nice little foundation when it comes to matchmaking. But in the grand scheme of things, I think it's down to just a tingly feeling that happens when one person is in between two single individuals and they feel that there could be a connection there. I think the emotional part of it and having that one-on-one interaction, having one person know both individuals is the secret formula to great matchmaking. And great job being a matchmaker. I think we need, we don't all have to be professional matchmakers. I think this entire world should be full of matchmakers, creating couples and love because that's how it used to be and that's how it should be. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. But here's my question. How did you get into this business? Where did this start, your love of love? Well, it's interesting because... I want to say that I was matchmaking my Barbies when I was four years old, but that was so not the case. It was literally business is where I started. So I always knew that I wanted to own my own company. I always knew that I wanted to be an entrepreneur. I did not know it was going to be matchmaking, speed dating events, and dating coaching. What happened is I fell in love with the business. And then when I noticed that I actually discovered a business that created happy people. Mm-hmm. It wasn't providing an item. It wasn't providing something that someone would use and then throw out a year later. This was creating lifelong partnerships. And I don't think that there's anybody happier than somebody who has found the love of their life. And um, they're able to check that off their list of things to do in their life. So I think that I fell in love with love because I was able to 
create happiness that never would have existed otherwise. So how did this career evolve for you? Where did it start? Okay, so before I was a geomatics engineer, so I was in a completely different industry <laughs> altogether. Okay, I was, time out. What's geomatics? Ge I've got to get out more. Geomatics is making maps. Oh, cool. We had a, a cartographer on a couple of weeks thing. ago. Same <laughs> thing. Exact same thing. Yeah. So I was making maps and seismic oil exploration out in Calgary. And again, like when it came to love and matchmaking, that wasn't even a seed in my brain at all. And when I moved back to Nova Scotia from Calgary to be closer to my family, which is the source of love. So I guess it did bring me back and start everything to mm -hmm. be back to my nieces and nephews and my mom and dad and my siblings. And I knew that being out in Calgary as well, I couldn't find a partnership out there. I find that when these young people are moving out west to find their careers and find their work they have a hard time partnering up because deep down they know they want to come back to the east coast and oh. so um they're never able to truly commit to somebody when they're away and so I knew that I had to be home I knew I had to be in Nova Scotia I knew that I had to be close to my friends and family again mm -hmm. in order to have to fulfill that part of my life as well and so that's what originally brought me back here but again, the source of matchmaking was the speed dating event. So I started with one speed dating event in 2017 because I was bored one summer. I did a speed dating event <laughs> and I invited over 300 people to get seven men and seven women to my first speed dating event. But one thing that I noticed, Nancy, is that people would be leaving extremely incompatible. Right. So they would I would watch these couples walk out the door and I would send these matches to people and I would be like, well, I know that. You know, he smokes a lot of weed and she doesn't want to date anybody that smokes weed. Or, you know, I know that she really wants kids and he doesn't know if he wants kids. So I knew that a lot of these matches weren't going to go anywhere. And it left me feeling like, what's the point of doing these speeding events? Yes, we may have a couple of gems. We may have a couple of special lucky people. But I wanted to create something that was more than just luck because that's what people have in life. It's all just luck when it comes to finding that person, right? So I wanted to create a service that was more, that we could get past that luck of meeting the person. And so that's why I created matchmaking is that way I could have people come to me. I can meet them. They could tell me who they are. They could tell me what it was that they were looking for. And then I could set them up with somebody appropriate and compatible and also someone who was looking for a partnership, which most of the time when it comes to partnership, timing is everything. So just the fact that these people are coming to a matchmaker means that they're more compatible than if they were to meet online or organically. Because mm -hmm. we don't even know where they are timing-wise in their head. So I'm going to interrupt you for a sec because it seems to me that online dating, which a lot of people use as a tool, has that feature that or, or lacks the feature that you talk about someone in the middle who knows both people it, it's got a computer in the middle basically trying to link people through a database but you've got the personal connection of having met both people and getting a sense of them is it is it as much intuition as anything else um i think a lot of it is intuition but it also occurs to me that online dating might be more attractive to people who are more casual. Whereas if you're going to go to a matchmaker, you probably are looking for a relationship. Is that right? If you're financially investing in finding somebody, you better be looking for a relationship. Otherwise, yeah. it's the wrong service for you. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. So what happens? So say I'm 
looking for a match, which I'm not, for the record, in case my husband is listening. Don't worry, your, your engagement <laughs> ring is blinding me from here. Yes. What's our first conversation like? Um, so we jump on a phone call to start off with, and this is just to see your intentions, see your interest level and make sure that you meet some basic criteria. Now I don't, there's a lot of matchmakers out there that, you know, there's a certain amount of income that you have to have in order to work with that matchmaker. I am more of a matchmaker. I I don't want to call it for the people, but we're just basically matchmaking young professionals that are looking for partnership. The main thing we're looking for is kindness and being open to coaching. So if you're coming to me because you don't know where to find somebody that is matching your huge list that no human would ever match, (laughs) then I'm going to call you on that. And Mm -hmm. I'm going to say that that person does not exist. And unless you're willing to either reduce that list or open your mind to the possibility of actually getting to know another human um, for who they are then I likely will not work with that person. Um, Also, if there's any form of unkindness, I will not work with somebody um, because kindness is the number one thing we need to look for in a future partner. If there's unreasonable amounts of um, differentiation of what you're looking for and what we can provide, like a, a huge age gap or a huge financial gap or whatever that is, we likely won't work with that person either. So just genuinely great people looking for another genuinely great people is what person is what we're looking for. So we start off with a phone call where we talk through what it looks like working with a matchmaker, what it is you're looking for to make sure that we can actually meet your needs mm-hmm. and to see your openness to being coached because a lot of the time we're getting in our own way and we don't even know it. So to have a matchmaker or a dating coach give you a little bit perspective sometimes is the only tiny little adjustment people need to find love. I, you know what I think is so great about this? In school, we don't learn. We don't learn how to do a budget. We don't learn how to parent. We don't learn how to be in relationship. But my gosh, those are the most important things in our lives. And I am really excited about that idea. I also believe that as corny as it sounds, if you don't love yourself, you're not going to be successful in a love relationship with someone else. Do you agree with that? I 100% believe in that. And the only thing is that I uh, that comment does hold single people back. So that's amazing dating advice. But we can love ourselves on the journey of finding our person. Some people stop dating, stop searching while they try to figure out how to love themselves. Mm-hmm. We can do this all on the journey of finding someone. You can have a boyfriend and girlfriend, not love yourself and still be learning to love yourself with their assistance, with their help. And so, yes, I 100% agree that in order to love yourself and, you know, love how you look and love everything you do and find your purpose and do all of that is so important. Um, We definitely need the time to do that, but we can do it while also looking for our partner as well. Hmm. So, you know, tied into that is this theory that I have heard. And when I first um, caught wind of this, I was like, oh, yeah, that definitely rings true. The theory that when we experience that real rush of honeymoon love, kind of, it's it's more about how we're being seen by the other person. So we love how we feel because of how we're being seen through those rose-colored glasses. What do you think about that? 
Um, I think the rush of love is interesting. It's funny because a lot of my coaching techniques are to try to manage the rush of love. So often do um, people choose their partnerships just because they're attractive. Um, Maybe they're physically compatible and, you know, the kissing is nice. So and then we get into a relationship and then we try to make it work with somebody that may never have been compatible. Mm -hmm. What I love to teach people is as that rush of love comes through, as that honeymoon and those endorphins start rushing through your body. I still want you to take the time to check that they are compatible. And if they're not compatible, regardless of how attractive they are or how much fun you guys have together, if there's big spaces of incompatibility, there's a good chance that that relationship is not going to last long term. This is why a lot of relationships will end around the one one and a half year, two year mark is because we haven't taken the time to check for the major compatibilities. So don't allow that huge rush to overwhelm <laughs> you and continue to take the time. I know I'm such an unromantic that like no. the rush of love doesn't even affect me anymore. I'm like, okay, calm down. Let's let's analyze this. You know what I mean? <laughs> no, but I, I like what you're saying in that there's got to be a balance of chemistry and compatibility. Absolutely. This podcast is brought to you by Charm Diamond Centers, Canada's largest family-owned jewelry store. They are proud to be putting love on the map. And the staff at Charm Diamond Centers are thrilled to be a part of your love story too. So visit charmdiamondcenters.com or one of your local stores. Love starts here. Okay, it sounds to me like you did have a rush of love though when you found love through your own service. Talk about that. Well, actually, it's interesting because I didn't have a rush of love when I found love. Oh, all logic? And No, not all logic, but I had rushes and rushes of love when I was younger. Been been there, done that. Been there, done that. (laughs) And again, a year and a half, two years, it was over. And I was wasting my 20s and early 30s with these men that were very incompatible. And so when I became a dating coach matchmaker, I actually learned how to properly date and how to properly find my lifelong partner. Mm -hmm. And so when I met my current boyfriend, um, I yes, we had those feelings that I have had in past relationships and it was lovely, but I was logically able to stay calm, dig deep, check compatibilities. And fortunately, I did it in such a great way that the compatibility there's He is way overqualified to be my partner, basically, because he is so compatible. It's overqualification. And I've never had that before with previous partners because I've never taken the time to actually confirm or check it. How did you meet him? So I met him on Hinge. So I met him on an online dating platform because as a matchmaker dating coach, we're not allowed to date our own clients. So I just shot myself in the foot by becoming a matchmaker dating coach. All these amazing men were coming through my door and, you know, I just had to match them up with my clients. I couldn't date them. Right. But during first lockdown of COVID, I really dug deep into creating a dating program. I was following all these dating coaches as I was developing my business and none really kind of reflected in on me and what's authentic to me. So during the first lockdown, I wanted to create something that was authentic to me and my business. And then when I came out, I had all this stuff designed and I was like, well, I cannot 
teach this unless I do it. So mm-hmm, right. the first summer after lockdown, I went out and I performed the compound dating technique, which is the dating technique I teach in my wing woman boot camps. And that is how I met him. So basically the mindset around the compound dating technique is to manage those feelings of the rush of love while checking for compatibility. So it is a dating intensive program. So rather than dating, meeting one guy, feeling chemistry, feeling attraction, and then waiting three to six months to see if there is compatibility, we would do that multiple with multiple people in a very ethical, kind, genuine way for three months to then um, check compatibility and qualify all of the people that we were dating. And then we chose a partner. Are we talking bachelorette? Um, Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So were you the bachelorette? I was the bachelorette, yes. And so I went on 33 first dates in three months. And my current partner... Was the 34th date. No way. Yes, absolutely. And what was really important is that in the first month of doing the compound dating technique, I met an amazing guy that had I met him three years prior to ever learning all of this stuff, I probably would have chosen him. As I got to know him more, though, I noticed there was a breach of compatibility. And so I continued to date other people and qualify other people. And I was really fortunate because I actually met my current partner at the end of the three months. And if I had chosen the guy that was I was incompatible with at the beginning of the three months, then I never would have met him. And um, I never would have found someone who's way overqualified for me. So yeah. Huh. So lucky number 34. Lucky number 34. He's super proud of that, by the way. Like everybody that he that we run into, like, how did you meet? We talked about Bumble and he's like, well, I was number 34. And then we have to go into the whole compound dating technique. But yeah. Can we can we know what your first date was? So our first date was just grabbing a beer together. And that's the thing, too, is that the first dates don't have to be crazy. It's literally just spending an hour hour and a half together to see if there's a connection, to see if there's chemistry, to see if the conversation went well. We don't want to finish a first date and say, man, I want to marry that person. We want to finish a first date and be like, hmm, I would enjoy to get to know that person more. So low pressure. Low pressure. Um, enjoy yourself. Be fun. Be flirty. Have fun. You're not here to check compatibility on the first date. I wasn't asking him if he wanted children. I wasn't asking him where he went to university. I wasn't asking him how much he made. I was just going and making sure that I could have a great conversation with him, that we could banter, that we could have fun, and that we enjoyed being around each other. Can you give us an example of a match you have made that was a great success? Oh my gosh. I think the most beautiful match that I have observed, only because they probably have been um, uh, one of the partners that have been from JE Matchmaking the longest. Mm -hmm. So I've been able to watch them on their journey. They didn't technically meet through matchmaking. So they both came to me. uh, He came to me for matchmaking. She came to me for coaching. I then said that they both had to meet more people. So then they met, um, they joined meetup.com and they both met at a meetup. But earlier that morning, I had sent them each other's profiles as a matchmaking match. (laughs) So they met technically through me, but technically at a meetup event and technically on their own efforts as well. From the two humans that met there, they're now engaged to be married here soon. They completely transformed one another. So what was the most beautiful thing about them is they have made each other a better person every single day. 
And they are a model of such a beautiful relationship because, again, they woke up every single day and they chose each other. They chose to work through a lot of stuff. I've talked to them for the past year and a half and they work through a lot of stuff and they put a lot of work in. And again, it wasn't head over heels in love the first month. It wasn't. They had to choose each other. And it is the most beautiful relationship that I have seen outside of my parents. Really? Oh, that sounds great. What is the biggest mistake people make dating? Well, we're going to talk about modern day dating biggest mistake. And that is thinking that dating is something that you can turn on and off. So I personally think that when you're single and you are looking for a partnership, dating is a lifestyle. It is you being out meeting people organically, on online dating, through friends, at events, building a social life that serves your love life. But with modern day dating, with online dating, it's an app that you can turn off on your phone. So we think that when we turn off our app, we turn off dating. And it's true. We do. The minute we delete delete an app on our phone, our brain shuts off to dating and we're no longer receptive to the humans around us. And so I really want people that are dating to turn it more into a lifestyle so that we're opening to the universe and to the world for those connections to come to us, not just through online dating, but in all facets of life. What do you think is the secret to a great relationship? Um, I think the secret to an amazing relationship is every single day waking up and choosing to work on that relationship and choosing each other. And so we so often are And when it comes to dating, we're so often chasing after these people that aren't choosing us. And it's such a waste of energy and time. I think if we are out dating and we find somebody who chooses us, who puts the effort in, that meets us halfway, that will continue through the relationship. So if you can find an amazing partner that will choose you every single morning and will choose to work on this relationship every single morning and will choose to not give up, I think that that is probably one of the more powerful things that we can find in a relationship and in another partnership. It may not be the sexiest thing, but it's definitely very important. How do you define love? How's that for a big question for you? I know that's a <laughs> that's a deep one. Okay, um, it's interesting because you know when we hear the word love, we think romance and we think partnership, but I think love is. For me, now this may not be the definition of love, but this is what I think it is. It is that thing that you wake up for. So what are you, when you open your eyes, like what is the thing that you're excited to start your day with? And I know there's so many people out there that probably don't have something that we're excited to start our day with when we open our eyes. And not necessarily that it means that we're lacking love, but I think that love can be different. Love can be oh, I need to get up to go to spin class so that I can meet my friends at spin class. That's love in its own unique way. Or it could be, oh, I wake up and there's my handsome partner laying next to me snoring away like a chainsaw. That could be love too. Do you know what I mean? Or it could be, you know, I get to go over to mom and dad's house to help them stack wood for Thanksgiving and I'm looking forward to, you know, doing that with them. That's love. I mean, we put so much pressure on love being this romantic partnership that we forget to appreciate that love is all around us every single day and we need to appreciate it and we need to be show gratitude for that every single day and put far less pressure on it being a romantic partnership because it's everything well we're gonna wrap up but I want one 
juicy piece of advice for people out there looking for love? I think the biggest piece of advice, now I want to say love yourself before anybody else can love you, but we all know how I feel about that advice. Um, I think find your purpose. So one thing that is very much underrated is how attractive someone who is living their purpose is. If your purpose is to be out dating, meeting somebody, people are going to sense that and they're going to run from you, especially the high quality people that you want to attract. I want you, first of all, to figure out what your purpose is. Is it making cakes on YouTube? Awesome. Pump (laughs) up your YouTube channel. Is it writing a book? Awesome. Write your book. Is it starting a business? Is it being a professional at your career? Is it getting healthy? Find your purpose live for it, wake up for it every single day. And when you're out dating, successful dating will just be a byproduct of that. Poof. There we go. Mic drop. There's there's pixie dust filling the space. (laughs) Thank you so much for joining us today. That was great fun. That was lovely. Thanks so much for listening to the Canadian Love Map. If you love us, please subscribe and share. We'll be back next week with another love story to add to the map. This podcast is presented and made possible by Charm Diamond Centers. It's hosted by me, Nancy Regan, and is produced and distributed by Podstarter.